0: Welcome to the Clients and Conversions Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Clem, and I've helped fellow entrepreneurs and business owners just like you harness the power of social media to grow your audience by the hundreds, 2x their launch sales, and have client leads banging down the door to book a call with you. And I'm the first to say that hustling and searching hours online for your next client or student is not the vital ingredient to your success or even your happiness. This podcast is for driven entrepreneurs, from coaches to course creators and everything in between, to access practical and actionable tactics on everything from how to get clients with Instagram advertising, and really unlock the keys from sales and social media to get growth with the simplest tools possible, while keeping it just long enough to get you through your walk, drive, or workout. So stick with us for this episode and the ones to come so you can get more clients and sales in less time, Now let's get into it. Hey guys, today we have on Tiffany Carter, who's a founder of Project Me with Tiffany. She is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, and sales specialist for helping female entrepreneurs grow their business and go over their biggest ambitions. Tiffany takes the mystery out of making big money with a combination of her clear cut communication style that she's developed over being a TV news journalist, plus her business savvy, to show proven strategies as a multi-million entrepreneur and her mission throughout all of this is rooted deeper than just creating wealth but helping change women's relationship to their worth. Welcome to the show Tiffany. What's up girl? I'm so excited for you to be here because for those who don't know I was just on her podcast talking about ads so make sure to go check out hers at Project Me with Tiffany all around that but today we're going to go into self-worth and even more so how to help change that so I'm super super excited to have you on for this. That's like
1: my favorite topic because (laughs) so many of us, like, first off, if you said self-worth to me or self-worthy or whatever, five years ago to me, I wouldn't have, I've never even used the word. I didn't know what it meant. Now I've heard of like self-love because like Mm -hmm. I was doing, you know, reading things like Louise Hay. So I understood that, but I didn't understand the difference between like self-love and self-worth and like how a lack of can show up in your life. In all areas, and like not even realize that it all is tied back to that. Crazy.
0: And that's the most like a bananas part about this that I found for myself too is the internal work, especially that kind of area, is so connected to everything else, which we're gonna go in deeper, guys, don't worry. But before we do that, I wanna make sure we go into kind of what led you here. So I'd love to begin the show kind of with like a bit of your journey to kind of what led you to where you're at and then at the end kind of go on a zone of genius take which will be obviously on self-worth and really how to go in deeper to elevating out of that. So, can you tell us a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to wanting to go down this path?
1: Yeah, so I always like to preface before I go into my story that it can be triggering. It is like an extreme uh, lifetime movie. Um, and so I like saying that ahead of time. So for some people who may not be comfortable, or if you have like a child listening right now, um, might not be the best. Um, so here's the thing. From ages 11 to 21 years old, I was being sexually abused and my mom knew about it. When I speak about this, whether it's on stage or in podcasts, I sound really matter of fact. It's just because I've done so much healing work. That I can talk about it this way, um, you know. I really believe um, when you heal yourself, you then have the opportunity to heal millions, and that's, you know, that's in part what I'm what I'm doing with my story. So you can imagine my self worth was not good. I was taught that I am only worthy of affection, love, and attention if I give something for it. And in how I grew up, that was mind, body, and spirit. I was really badly bullied in middle school because as you can also probably imagine, I was over-sexualized from being sexually abused. And so I was taught if you liked somebody and you cared about them, you did sexual things. Mm. That's what child molesters groomed children to believing. So I was really promiscuous. So I was the class slut. So Mm. now you can imagine my self-esteem was even more in the toilet. What's weird is I was like a childhood model. Like, not like I was famous, but I like was in campaigns. I did a Coca-Cola ad. I went on TV auditions, that kind of thing. I did dance competitions. So on the outside, you would have thought, oh my God, you know, she has high self-esteem. She's pretty, you know, she's talented dancer, all these things. And, and no, I was really empty on the inside. And I just started developing almost like a false um, front In order to survive without, you know, you can come on my podcast and listen to that. um, It's at projectmewithtiffany.com. And you can also listen to it on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or on iTunes to hear more of my story because I don't want to take up the whole episode on it. But you get my drift. Mm -hmm. My self-esteem was shit. And when our self-esteem is shit, we attract shit. So Mm -hmm. I'm well known for saying like attracts like. Well, when you have bad vibes about yourself, you attract, right, crappy guys, crappy friends, even crappy bosses subconsciously, like mm-hmm. innocently, you know? So I was attracted of course to the bad boy,
0: <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Um that felt familiar to me even though it didn't feel good, it felt familiar. I had like bosses who were mean and abusive, shocker. And then I'd look at like friends of mine like in high school and college and it's like they didn't have that. They'd be like my boss is amazing or like they'd have these like awesome, like loving boyfriends or girlfriends and I was like then it brought more shame to me. What's wrong with me? What? what's going, like, I must be, I am damaged goods because that's what I believed about myself. Again, it gets even more weird because my dream since I was 13 was to be a TV news broadcaster because I saw TV news broadcasters as using their voice and telling the truth. Mm. And my whole life was all secrets, right? So it was like telling the truth. So I followed that passion. And by the time I was 20, I was on air at NBC. Remember I said I was being abused until age 21. Mm. I was being abused while I was a TV news anchor on the air, you guys. So what you see on Instagram with celebrities on TV or whatever it is definitely not necessarily a match for what's going on on the inside. Here I was on air in my dream career. Then I went to CBS and did like a four hour morning show, like kind of like a today, like a smaller Mm -hmm. version of a today show, but on air that long. But at a certain point I was, I knew I had to quit because I was going to have a nervous breakdown on the air. And I didn't Mm -hmm. want that. Like I couldn't handle, I felt like, everyone was seeing me, which they were, but I thought they could see my damaged soul on the inside. So I up and quit. Like who quits a TV job, A, and their dream job. And I quit. Like, I don't even think I gave them, I don't remember now. I don't think I even gave a two week notice. People were like shocked. And I moved.
0: You're just out. (laughs) I
1: had to, because you guys have seen those videos of like news people that Mm -hmm. go like postal on the air. Like I would have had a full breakdown on the air and I didn't want to embarrass myself like that. So yeah,
0: that's, and from there too, I'd love to go in a little bit deeper because like you said, you had so much kind of go through at a young age and even till like adulthood of some sorts. So when you were able to kind of quit and just basically for you, which was like a um, a tide turner, what was it like to kind of have those years afterwards, kind of figure out what was your place? Because I think for a lot of us out there who go through those areas, it's like, what do I do now? What am I here for? You know, you kind of go through that self-exploration, obviously self-healing. So from there, how did you kind of end up to where you're at now, which is obviously the successful entrepreneur that you are?
1: Oh my God, so much, you guys. I mean, I started intensive therapy, I would say at the age of 23. And I did all forms of therapy, you know, like art therapy, equine therapy, group therapy, um, that kept me alive. Mm -hmm. So I needed to do that. Like, that's how low I was. Like, I didn't feel like I was worth living. I didn't have a purpose. No one ever asked me what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even know my favorite color. I mean, I had no clue about myself, why I was here. Am I really meant to be here for anything? Or am I just meant to be here for people to take what they want and leave? Because that's what kept happening in my adult life. I kept attracting more of the same. That's what we do. We recreate our childhoods. It's crazy. It was subconscious, but even with all the therapy, it kept happening. I did get into I didn't have, and I, I shouldn't call it a luxury, but I'm going to, I didn't have the luxury of like, you know, backpacking through Europe to find myself or something like that. (laughs) Um, I needed to make cash. Um, so I moved to back to LA and I picked up dog shit at a doggy daycare for, I don't even know how long it might've been a year. I don't think it was a full year, Um, I, I needed what I, what I call them are dumb, dumb jobs, jobs where you don't have to think and nothing's expected of you. So I went from being an on-air TV newscaster to picking up dog crap at a doggy daycare off Ventura Boulevard in LA. That's all I, that's all I could do is be around animals and, and do that. Like, I didn't even like interacting with the people who came in there. Like I was, I needed to just focus on myself. Um, But I did end up going into the corporate world. Again, I didn't think I was worthy of going after something I truly wanted. And I didn't know what I wanted, but I needed cash. And so I saw a lot of friends like in pharmaceutical sales, making bank, having a company car. They got a laptop, they got all sorts of things. And I was like, that's fun. And (laughs) I love like health. Like I'm really into like, you know, health and medical stuff. And you know, obviously I was, I'm a professionally trained communicator. So, but it, I was like, oh, well they'll hire me right away. Cause you know, my broadcasting. No, I, I think I enter, I had an interview like at 20 different companies, but like funny how life works because the the top-notch gold standard pharmaceutical company in the entire world, Merck Pharmaceuticals, is who hired me. So who Mm -hmm. was meant to hire me hired me. But I had to go through, I had to keep going for it. It was like my 20th one. And you know why I really look back? It's because of my lack of self-worth. People can smell it. They, They can smell the scarcity mindset. They can feel it. Energetically, even if you are a trained broadcaster or an actor, people can tell. That's also why I think it took me so many interviews before someone hired me. I had to get to a point where I was like, I don't even care if I get this one. I was like, so beaten down. And then that's the one I got. Um, So I was in corporate America and climbed that ladder very successfully for a long time until I just couldn't do it anymore. And I had enough self worth, not a ton. But I had enough self-worth where I was like, okay, you know, I can maybe go after go go after and do something I actually want to do and, and maybe be good at it.
0: That's um there's oh my gosh, so many amazing things inside of this. But I want to go into a couple of different pieces because first thing I want to say for those who are listening to this, because I don't think I've shared this on air before, I would do therapy as well for my mom's past because I believe that It does not matter when it comes to what you've gone through, what you haven't gone through. Having someone to be there for you and help you kind of experience your own psyche and see how you can kind of grow from that is one of the best things you can do for yourself and I think that that needed I wanted to reiterate that for those who are out there who might be struggling with anything as like anxiety to like she said you know sexual assault or abuse or anything like that you have to make sure that you understand you are worth it enough to go to a therapist or you're worth it enough to go change something in your life so I wanted to put that out there for those who are listening to this and are kind of not knowing or you have people around you who don't believe in therapy don't do it for them, do it for yourself, and do it for those around you who can really experience you at a full, you know, 110% of who you are, versus right now you're probably at a 50 or 40. So I wanted to put that out there, and also I think which is really amazing that I don't even know if people caught this, when you were talking about the, the area between getting your corporate job to kind of where you finally landed yours, is you actually went through kind of like learning about detachment because you learned about how, you know, you had to go through, you're so, quote unquote, you know, needing a job and needing profit or, and again, this is not you, just the words that I'm going to use for this for people, is people can smell desperation. They can smell like, I need this. So because Tiffany had to go through so many of those, she got to the point where it's like, screw it. <laughs> like, I'm just going to go into that. And people feel that. And when they do, they want to work with you because it feels like it's an honor to work with you versus like, you're just trying to work with them.
1: Totally. I mean, did I make that um, connection between what happened when I was interviewing for my corporate career and entrepreneurship? Of course not. Mm -hmm. I made it later on, though. I went, isn't that, you know, isn't that interesting? I call it um, the fuck it point. Mm. You have to really be at a, like, fuck it point. Like, they should, they should work with me. I'm amazing. Or they should hire me. I'm amazing. And if, and if they don't, then that's not the right fit, but you have to really believe it. You can't like have a secret agenda of cash, which is why I tell people like when you're going like for entrepreneurship or going after something else, I'm a huge believer of side hustling, of having some cash coming in. If you don't have like someone who's helping you out, having some cash coming in, it helps with that scarcity mindset. It helps manage that.
0: A thousand percent. And even for myself, I think in my first year of business, I had one or two side hustles. I think they were just like, you know, folding envelopes or, you know, something here and there, because like you said, it helps. So your brain is not focused on, okay, seven more days before my bill hits, five more days before it happens. You know, it allows you to have more peace of mind and also show up in a way that has that as well. Because if not, you're, the way that you show up, whether it's in your content, whether it's on live video, they feel that, and I've even noticed it for myself when I was first starting out, I would get on calls and be so excited, because, oh my gosh, you know, this person, they might work with me, uh, and then, you know, they wouldn't, and I feel bad, and now I'll get on calls with people, and I'm just asking questions, literally, and people say this so often, like, you're interviewing them, because you are, and it's not about, you know, you're trying to say yes or no, but you want to make sure those who are in your space, you know, they understand that it's, for their highest involvement, but also those who aren't ready, it's okay. You shouldn't be saying yes or no to people who, if you're saying no, it's for a good reason. Most people know that too. You're not just going to say no to them because you're just, you're feeling like it that day, you're feeling like a no. There's a reason for that. And it's okay to do that. So I love that you mentioned that because that's something people, I don't know how practical we can get into this when it comes to like the detaching mode or especially into self-worth area, but you have to make sure that you take this time for yourself because all the strategy you create is awesome, yet it's not going to be really allowing you to have any, I would say, success without really elevating that part up of yourself.
1: Well, exactly. What I what I say to, you know, my my private coaching clients is I can give you my exact strategy of how I have millions in the bank right now. None of that's going to outwork a crappy mindset. It just mm-hmm. can't. And I have, I'm evidence of it. By the time I was 30, you guys, I had almost I had exactly a million dollars in the bank. Like I'm talking the seven figures. That was cool to see that. But within seconds of seeing that, I got a pit in my stomach, I felt sick, I felt really uncomfortable, and then I probably stuffed it down with something, food, wine, working, one of my many, you know, vices at the time. Um, And then what happened is within three months, almost all of it was gone. And I needed that wake-up call. I mean, when things really hit our heart or our pocketbook, That's a lot of times usually, and our health too, that's Mm -hmm. when people usually wake up the most and I'm really stubborn. So apparently the universe knew it had to happen that way, but I was like in shock. It was like, how the hell did this happen? I couldn't sit there and point the finger at a bunch of people. Um, I knew I was the common denominator. Mm -hmm. It was so bizarre. It wasn't like I was bought, I went and bought a Ferrari. I had nothing to show for it. It it was me writing checks to people, anyone who asked me for money. It's amazing Mm -hmm. what happens when people can smell or know you have money. And I wasn't like someone to where I brag, but they just knew Mm -hmm. they could tell. You can tell when someone's successful, you know, anyone who asked me for money, I wrote a check, $10,000 checks, $40,000 checks. And then I got involved by a very strong referral of someone who I still respect to this day of a financial advisor. And it's who he, at least I don't know if he uses them now, but he used at the time. And I had a really bad gut feeling about the guy. I just, it didn't, something didn't feel right, but I had no self-worth. So what the hell do I know? I'm an idiot. Like I'm a fraud anyway. So, you know, I I make poor mistakes in dating men. I make poor mistakes in friendships. I make poor mistakes in jobs. Like I'm an idiot. So then what I did is I superseded my gut and went, you know, my friend, who's a doctor, who's very well educated, referred me his personal person. So this, I must just be nervous, because I don't know what I'm doing. And I signed the documents, by the way, I didn't read one word in the documents. And if any of you guys have ever even opened like a bank account or health insurance, there's a lot of pieces of paper. I didn't read any of it. I signed it. That's on me. I can't blame anybody. And then he went and bought like fake gold mines with my money. And
0: I had no recourse because I signed everything. That's, I mean, like you said, it's something that we hear. And again, like you said, we hear it, but it doesn't get integrated or instilled in us until it happens in some way that it affects us more personally. Like a lot of people, for those who, you know, win the lottery, they'll lose that money within five years because they don't have the right mindset or you know, able to understand how to use that money because they have never had to, they have never learned how to even manage that in their area. So I feel like we've talked a lot about examples of self-worth, but for those who might not even know, they've heard it, but don't understand what it means from a like practical, real standpoint, how do you define self-worth?
1: I define, it's so personal, but I define self-worth where you love, honor, and respect yourself above all else. And you do it, Unapologetically, like not, and it's not in i um, I'm better than someone else, a narcissistic type way. It's I, you know, I honor, love and respect myself above all else. I come first because for me to come first is how I can best serve those I love, my community, other people. And be totally strong and firm in that with your boundaries and be like really happy with that and feeling worthy of putting yourself in the number one spot. I hear a lot of people when they hear me on shows or on stage, I'll get DMs and they'll say, well, I put God first. Mm. Okay. Well, you can put God first. You know, if that's your religious belief, I'm not telling you what to do, but you better be damn near second. Yeah. Better not be God kids and you. And then some people get really triggered when I say that, well, my kids come before me. No, when you're on the airplane and they say, you know, put your oxygen mask on first before you help others, including children and elderly and the disabled, you must put it on first. There's a reason because if you don't and you're helping other people and you're the capable one, you will end up passing out before you can actually help the children, the elderly and the disabled. So it's that same philosophy.
0: That's a really great note. And that's actually something that I find, again, so much of this is sometimes people need to hear a thousand times for it to finally kind of go in. Because like you said, every time you go on a plane, you hear that that notion of put it on first But do people actually remember that or think about it when it actually happens? Probably not because they haven't instilled it yet. And I think like you said, when it comes to self-worth, it's so personal and everyone's kind of on a spectrum of where they kind of land on that. So I'd love to hear from you and something that, you know, you have on your website and everywhere around is that low self-worth equals low net worth and high self-worth equals high net worth. So for you, when it comes to your clients or your audience, how do you usually have them kind of figure out to recognize where they're at on that spectrum?
1: I can intuitively tell in a very short period of time, I'm talking 20 minutes, where someone is at on their, I call it like their self-worth meter. Mm -hmm. I can tell most people don't even know where they're at, right? Just like I I didn't even know the term self-worth or I never even thought about it. I might have used things like I'm insecure about my body. Or, you know, I had um, pretty bad, like adult acne. So I'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, I'm really self-conscious about my skin, right? Mm. That's as deep as I went with self-worth. So I can, I can tell because I've, you know, I've worked with literally thousands of people at this point. So I can tell, but a good way, you know, for those of you guys who are listening to kind of tell what, where you're at is take a look at how your life looks around you. have you. an asshole boyfriend or girlfriend. Um, why are they still around? You have toxic friendships that are draining, and they're rude, or they're vindictive, or they're exhausting, and you're keeping them around. Another place to look: Are you staying in a current, you know, job situation that is sucking your soul dry, but yet you still keep staying there and telling yourself, "I have to stay there because I need the money." This is all self worth. That's like the quickest way to look at that. And if you just went, your jaw just dropped, and you're like, "Oh my God, that's like." all those categories and um, all those things then you need to dm me cuz i i will help you feel less alone with that just dm me at project me with tiffany on instagram that's the best way to reach out out to me but it's one thing to like right acknowledge and realize mm-hmm. where you're at but then it's like okay tiff like i see what you're saying now what am i supposed to do
0: right yes and that's actually going to be a great kind of jumping point from that because like you said you have to see for self worth it's every area of your life it's not just money it's not just you know job relationship but for the sake of kind of going a little bit deeper for those who are on here they're probably trying to like look at their bank account and they'll, (laughs) they'll probably see you know either a very low amount or maybe middle or high so from there let's say they've acknowledged let's say they have 5,000 in the account. Let's just say that. And then they go into, okay, I feel like it's somewhat okay. I'm not kind of sure where I'm at. Um, They see their other areas of life and they're kind of in the middle. Let's just, I like to go with the kind of the average part of that. Where do you feel like from there? They kind of become aware of it. What do you feel like is the next one to two steps or maybe exercise to help them either reframe that, get out of that, or just start the journey out of that?
1: So if you're if everything is just like, so to speak, okay in your life, I call that flatlined, you know, like you're kind of like the walking dead. You just are like you go about life, everything's okay, nothing's lighting you up, you're still not in a high self worth zone. Mm. Um, you're you're just not. You're surviving, you're not thriving, right? Yeah. Um so what a beautiful place to start is learning what thriving would look like to you. A lot of us have never been asked this. I can tell you no one ever asked me. No one cared, right? Therefore, I never asked myself. It took someone else asking me. So I would say this, like, don't do it while you're driving. But I'd prefer you guys for this exercise using pen and paper than using your notes app on your phone. Um, There's actual like psychological proof that pen to paper actually brings out more emotions. Um, Mm -hmm. So I definitely want, this is a pen and paper situation, but I want you to ask yourself questions of when am I the most happy in my life? And, and not go, not overthink it. I bet you guys are a lot of like overthinkers listening. Like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: don't overthink it. It could be as like for me, one of mine is floating in my pool. Like seriously, like it can be something silly, right? It could be playing with your dog, whatever. When am I most happy? It could be five different things. Okay. What, uh, what about those moments bring me so much joy? What is it about those moments? So that's the second question. The third thing is, is if I could get paid to do anything what it would that be. Now I get a lot of people giving me sarcastic answers, like eating all the carbs in the world. It's like, (laughs) okay, that's not what we're talking about. You guys Mm -hmm. know what I mean, right? So if you could get paid to do anything. So when this question was asked of me by my coach, it was like, I want to um, share my story and help millions of people heal and do this on a grand stage internationally and be a top booked international um, speaker. That's mine. Now it's not like, obviously most of you probably have never heard of me. So you're like, girl, you're not a top, (laughs) top booked international speaker. Like we don't know, we don't know who you are. No. But the next step is what are some steps I can take to start working towards that? Mm. Right. So I have a podcast. When I started my podcast, did I start out of the gate with millions of downloads? No, I did not my podcast is a year old. And just last Friday, now we are one of the top featured podcasts on iHeartRadio. Like, but it was a year of two episodes of week, promotion, content, putting in the work. You guys see what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm working towards that. I'm building an audience. Maybe you want to write a book. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? No book publisher does deals anymore unless you
0: have a social media following, period. She's a hundred percent right about that guys. Period. 100%. So you, I
1: mean, just how it is. So where can you start? You start building a social media following, right? Mm-hmm. So you start working towards what this ultimate goal is where you have this giant smile on your face and like, God, I could get paid like massive amounts of money doing this. That'd be like the Holy grail. And you kind of work backwards from that, so to speak. So that's where, that's the exercise I would love to see you guys do. And if you want to share it with us, like, you know, you can DM us and, and share some of those things with us. Or if you get stuck, DM me and I'm happy to like help you through that. But don't blow off this exercise. It can sound, some things that sound really simple, a lot of us are like, oh, I don't have time, I'll blow it off, whatever. Um, it's the most simple exercises that have the most impact.
0: A hundred percent. And especially when it comes to business. And for those who are in that flatline area, you kind of feel like you need something new to shake things up. Usually it's like you want to shake things up or you're not sure what to do. But for a lot of you, before you can even do that, you have to know what you want to do in the first place or how you can even go about that. So I think this exercise for those who are listening to this take it even if it's, you know, 10 minutes, put a timer on your app and just write. And I agree, when it comes to any kind of journaling that I do, it's always pen to paper because I feel like, like you said, the emotional and also psychological, the aspects of that and benefits are just super well known for that area. So for those who are in the space of either, you know, you don't feel like you know where you're going in life or you don't even know what you're doing, even if you do, still do this exercise because it might show you things that you didn't know about yourself in the first place. So. I want to go into one last kind of deep question about this for those who might not be flatliners but they're more of the the really low so forth people and let's say they have for example a bad relationship or like a bad boss when it's th- something like that you know before we talked about more of the the positive changes you know writing a book or these kind of things how do you go about navigating those kind of not so happy changes that you know you need to do, but haven't had the motivation or even just like the last moment to just say, I need to do this.
1: You guys, that inner work is is the most excruciating, hardest work I've ever done, but it's the best work I've ever done. Like there is no way around pain. You have to go through it and work through it. I try to go around it, my entire most of my entire life and that's what gets so much of us in trouble Mm. we try to go around pain yet we recreate more by the relationships we have in our lives by having like tons of quote-unquote setbacks or every time i get ahead i i have a setback when you start seeing stuff like that you're trying to go around the pain maybe you're eating you know you're you're soothing yourself with food binge watching tons of tv procrastination it shows up in so many different areas Um, and there's just no way around the pain it's having to go through it. Um, and what, you know, what works for you. I have, I have two amazing, amazing coaches that I highly recommend. Um, so if you guys are interested in going more so that route, like trauma coaches, healing coaches, then just DM me at project me with Tiffany. I'm happy to give you their information. Um, if you're someone who wants, you know, more so like conventional therapy, then maybe that's what you need or maybe you are addicted to something and you need to go to a 12 step program you know mm-hmm. like i'm i'm a member of adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families that's a 12 step program like mm-hmm. you don't ha- don't mean 12 step it doesn't have to be like narcotics anonymous but 12 step programs are free so i don't want to hear an excuse like <laughs> i don't have money for that like they're actually free um those are really good places to have that support it's not easy work you can keep trying to run your same program and self-will and go around that pain. Um, But you're just going to keep getting led back into the hole. I promise.
0: And I agree with what she's saying. When it comes to that area, especially for those deeper, I don't want to say negative, but more, I guess, destructive things that you know you need to do, having that support system is by far one of the easier ways to lessen the blow. So whichever kind of stood out from what Tiffany said Please go do that and DM her or Google it, whatever you need to do to find the next step for you. But it's so important for those who are, you know, know you need to leave a relationship or know you need to go change your boss, but you haven't, to have that support, to know whatever happens won't be the end of the world. Because For a lot of us, it's that fear of uncertainty or even like fear of abandonment that gets us really caught up in it. Totally.
1: And then what happens is you end up not pursuing your dreams and, you know, making the money that you want to make. And yes, that's all the stuff I help people with. But if you have this other stuff going on, it's, you're still not gonna, you're still not gonna get ahead. Even with like the best Instagram ad strategy on (laughs) the earth. Yes. It's just, it's not going to happen because you might make the money, but it'll be like I did. Right. I did make the money, but look what happened you'll end up losing it.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And for those who are wanting to even go in deeper to this, I mean, she has a whole podcast dedicated to self-worth, which we'll put it on the show notes below to help go in deeper. But because we're coming up on the end of our time, I want to go into the rapid fire round, which is just a quick five, to six question, questions that go in just to, for those to know more about you. And we'll go into kind of like the easy and go into the end. So are you ready? I don't know, I'm scared of <laughs> The the first ones aren't that bad. The other ones mostly make you think. I get get usually people stumped on at least one of them just because they're not asked it that often. But first question is, favorite book you've ever read or currently reading? My favorite
1: personal development book is The Big Leap, and I Mm. recommend it to everybody, whether you read it or you listen on Audible. Obsessed.
0: Love it. What is your favorite word or phrase you use daily?
1: obsessed. <laughs> <I just laughs> <used it. laughs>
0: that is a great example, actually. <laughs> if you weren't an entrepreneur, what would you have been?
1: Oh my God. You guys want to know what the first thing that came to my mind? Horrible. <laughs> it was stripper. and I, I honestly you know, thought
0: that was going to be your answer. I you know laugh. why
1: that came to my mind because that was the route. It was either like I was going to get my shit together or I was going to be a stripper. Oh my God. That's hysterical
0: yeah, we just talked about that on her podcast. You know, there's two routes you can always go down when you're in that area, the more kind of declining or the one that's up and going. So I'm happy you said that because I was like, I feel like that might be her answer too. (laughs) Okay. What is something you're not very good at or working to get better at?
1: Oh God, you guys, there's so many things and there's nothing like owning two businesses to show you all your areas you need to work on. It's just Mm -hmm. so fun. Um, I would say I can take on too much and then I get overwhelmed. It's like a cycle and then I get overwhelmed and then I get like kind of paralyzed and then I have to get myself out of it. So I'm working on breaking that cycle right now.
0: I a hundred percent feel that. And I think a lot of people will too, because that's a very, a very common thing for a lot of us, more ambitious entrepreneurs. We want to take on it all, but then we get halfway through it and realize, Oh dear God. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, What is one characteristic you believe every entrepreneur should have?
1: Patience, patience, Mm. patience. And without it, you won't make it. That's why most people don't make it is lack of patience. It's not lack of intellect, skill set, lack of a degree, lack of, you know, Instagram followers. It's patience.
0: I love that answer. Okay. Last two questions. What are two tools, mindset, or resources you think entrepreneurs need to make when it comes to making their business successful?
1: Two things are, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a business coach, but you do need to have someone you pay, Mm -hmm. whether it's a business coach, maybe you need a mindset coach, maybe you need a trauma coach, maybe you need, you know, wherever you're at, maybe you need Instagram, you know, advertising, you know, private um, consulting and coaching. But to have someone who is looking at your business objectively Yes, you're paying them, but you're paying them to look at it. You're not asking Auntie Sue (laughs) or your brother, you know, Brian. You're asking someone who is further ahead than you to take an objective look and help you um find your way. Once I brought on a coach, it took me five years because I'm very, very stubborn Virgo. Um, that's what got me from six figures to seven figures. I needed outside pair of eyes of someone who is, you know, many, many millions ahead of me, um, looking at me and guiding me. So that would be the number one thing. Um, the number two thing is I would say, find a support, some kind of support group that is whether it's entrepreneurship or something else that you're really interested in, find some sort of in-person group because Mm -hmm. this whole entrepreneur thing, even if you have a brick and mortar business, the online component is so strong that it can be really isolating to be an entrepreneur. And I'm a, I'm a hermit crab introvert. So even, this is coming from me, that it is really important that I get out and meet with and hang out with like-minded uh, female entrepreneurs. It just reignites my spirit and makes me feel less alone on those crappy days.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for those, I'm similar on uh, introvert too. I actually have a a shirt that says introvert charging on my days. Like I just can't (laughs) deal with it. But it's true. Even for that, I make sure that I go to things like meetup.com or Facebook, you know, actual events to actually be with real people in real time. So I love that. Okay, last question. One of my favorite ones to ask is what does success look like to you in your own eyes?
1: Success to me is when you are so proud of yourself and the work that you've done and proud of the work that you are doing and helping other people in their in your in their lives it's yes it's to have the money you you need to do the things you want that's a component too but i've had the money doing something that didn't light me up mm. so true success is making the money with something that lights you up but is also you know really doing good for others.
0: I love that. And like you said, it's part of that area where you have to be not only a business owner but still a human person who's trying to make the world a better place not just your own bank account.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, be a be a giver so to speak not a taker, but like mm-hmm. be a highly paid giver. You know what I'm yes. saying?
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay. So speaking of out of everything we talked about, you know, from past, present, and future, let's go into a little bit to kind of talk about what are you currently working on to give the audience a little taste on what they can look out for from you.
1: Sure. So right now, um, there's only two ways you can work with me. One is, you know, working with me privately, which you guys can apply for that at projectmewithtiffany.com. So I created another way so people can work with me and that is my membership group. So it's where I teach you whether you are wanting to be an entrepreneur, whether you already are one, teaching you how to make money, doing something you love and scaling it and building it without losing your damn mind. So I've created the community basically that I wish existed when I was building my company and we do live trainings every single week on different topics. Um, It's either me or I have special guests. So I'm going to ask you for sure at some point to Mm -hmm. come in and do a live training um, right in there. So if you guys are interested in those application requirements, it is by application only because I only want people in that group who are high vibe and super excited because then you can collaborate with each other. People do like engagement pods in there. Mm. They do all sorts of cool stuff. And it's like, I want to keep that vibe high. So you can just DM me at project me with Tiffany, and then I'll send you the application requirements if you, you know, if you're interested in learning more about it.
0: And for those who don't know, because I've been in tons of group programs, to have this area of needing requirements to get into, even just a membership, shows the level of caliber and the level of community that's in there. Because there's so many other memberships out there, and it's like, anyone can come in, and that can really affect how the energy is. So I love that you put that in there, because you're really making sure that who's ever in there is meant to be in there and will help lift up the group, not just themselves.
1: Exactly. And listen, you know, it is much more time-consuming, as you can imagine having application requirements yeah. for the group and I'm not making so to speak we're half full but mm-hmm. would I be totally full if I didn't have application requirements absolutely but that's what I mean by patience in business and being a highly paid giver that's not being of service and that that won't work the group would fail because then there would be there would be like negative people in there mm-hmm. then stay and that's not what I'm about
0: exactly and that's why I think for a lot of you out there who might feel called to do something like that where it's a membership that is not all the way one-to-one but you still get that group support and also the community that's meant for you make sure to dm her at project Me tiffany and all her links will be down below too so you can follow her there but I want to say first off thank you tiffany for coming on this has been amazing and I know that my listeners have gotten so much out of it
1: oh good thank you for having me on
0: thank you and for anyone else out there to catch up with tiffany all the links will be down below she's at for Instagram, Project Me with Tiffany, website and all that kind of fun stuff. So you can find that all below. I'll talk to you guys all next episode and have a great rest of your day. Bye guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I am so excited that you were able to go through it and get some actionable tips out of it. For next steps, make sure you go to danielleclem.com slash ad breakdown to get the complete ad breakdown around what one Insta ad did to help create 559 client leads and 20% sales increase in launch. Make sure to go ahead there to do that and DM me at I'm Danielle Clem to go in deeper to the conversation. And last but not least, make sure to leave a rating and review so that this podcast can get out to more amazing people like yourself.